1: Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Luton, Greg White here with you on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? We are with you. Yes, I am doing quite well. How are you? Doing fantastic. Got a little rain already this morning. I uh, yeah. had a great weekend. We've got a, a jam-packed show. Some things that I think we're going to uh, enjoy, you know, sharing uh, our take and uh, the facts, just the facts, <laughs> uh, with our uh, global audience and. Yeah. Greg, getting their take, right? We've really enjoyed that, especially in recent live streams. Been pretty lively around here, hasn't it? It has really uh, very super
0: engaged and a lot of new faces, right? So um, it's been pretty cool to to watch. And I, what's interesting is when we have, you know, the shows where we have a guest on and they get to see it, I think they're a little bit taken aback by how engaged right. uh, in a, how intellectual our audience is, right? I mean, they're they're not just throwing out there what they had for lunch today, or are gonna have for lunch. That's us. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> that and the weather, yeah. uh, and sports maybe. But yeah. uh, kidding aside, they are. I think the engagement folks we love y- y'all bring it every time. Live streams, webinars, whatever. Really appreciate. And you share, as Greg mentioned, just how savvy and been there done that our audience is, and how global. That's a cool thing because you, you you are getting perspective from folks not just here in the states but really uh, around the world. So uh, y'all keep keep delivering like we know supply chain pros know how to do despite all the obstacles. And uh, we in- lean into each of these uh, these one hour long live stream uh, global lunchtime discussions or morning or evening kind of depends on wherever Greg. you are Yeah. wherever you are. We're gonna say hello folks uh, to a few folks here momentarily, but first. Um, Let's share a couple of upcoming events where, talk about being interactive, uh, more opportunities, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So this week, August 24th, I think that's Thursday, we've got a a big webinar coming up with ShipHawk, where we're going to be talking about key elements to a successful warehouse management system lifecycle from selection through implementation through uh, optimization and operation. Greg, WMS, uh, it is a golden age of WMS here lately, right?
0: It seems like it always is. I mean, I keep thinking, yeah, you're right. I mean, first of all, I keep thinking that how many more companies could need WMS? Because you hear about it all the time. It's one of the most popular solutions out there. But every time you hear about another innovation in WMS, you get another statistic that says something like 80 or 90% of companies still don't have it. What in the world? And and it is stunning to me that that's the case. You know, the company I had before Blue Ridge, uh, we we competed in a way with WMS. People would decide whether they were going to solve their supply chain challenges with just knowing where their stuff is, right, or yep. doing something about the quantity of their stuff. And it's so easy. I think WMS is an, is a great place. It's so easy to see, and I mean literally see the results of putting that technology in there. So, right, ShipHawk's doing some cool stuff, right? Yep. I mean.
1: Uh, So it's going to be great to hear from uh, Ron and Bob. So join us 12 noon on Thursday, August 24th. Free to to attend, but you got to register. Check out the link we just dropped in the comments. Uh, And then coming up uh, on August 31st, I guess that's next week. Hard to believe we're already at the end of August. Uh, We're collaborating with Six River Systems on a free webinar, How to Use Data to Improve Fulfillment Operations. So check that out. Uh, They're going to have a couple of their, their customers Speaking about how they use data in their operations, that should be a great learning uh, opportunity, August 31st, uh, 12 noon Eastern time. And then finally, Greg, before we say hello to a few folks, uh, you know, we have been partnering with U.S. Bank for quite some time. You see there the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index. Uh, We uh, covered the Q2 2022 version of the index uh, probably about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago when it was released, Greg. Yep. uh, Chock full of Data and insights, and Greg. Well, what's really cool about it is we partnered their data, right? The one and only Bobby Holland with a senior level practitioner for ministry, and we really have a a kind of a um, hybrid conversation on the data, but also what we're seeing out in the market, right? And sometimes it agrees, sometimes it doesn't agree. But Greg, always a pleasure, and and it's free to sign up for the index, right?
0: It is, and you know, it's like thirty-seven billion dollars worth of transactions is how they get the data to do this, and I can't remember the number of transactions, but it's a huge number as well. And it's a great indicator for why you saw what you saw and not for Bobby to do, of course, banks can't project, right? Right. But uh, lots of companies like like Clorox and and the others, Mondelez and others that have joined us, they do use it to not only analyze what's happened, but to try to predict what's gonna happen in the future. And good luck with that, no matter how much data you have. because I, you know, I think we're still kind of dealing with some slack and disruption at the same time. I know that sounds crazy, right? But
1: plenty, we're plenty, talk plenty. A little
0: bit about that in one of the articles today.
1: We are freight.usbank.com. Check it out. Free again, free resource out there, but you do have to sign up for it. Okay, so Greg, uh, we've kind of shared some upcoming resources. We've uh, challenged our our. Global family to keep bringing their perspective. One of our favorite parts. We've got four, I think we've got four stories teed up here today, which we're going to jump into in just a second. But before we do, Greg, one of our favorite parts, want to say hello to a few folks out there. Uh, Samantha via LinkedIn, hey. great to see you here. Uh, let again. us know where you're tuned in from, Greg. Yep. Uh, any guesses, Greg? It looks like there's a, she could be traveling. That might be the Eiffel Tower behind her. I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to guess. I mean, obviously, she's been in Paris, but right, I'm not going to guess she is there.
1: Well, uh, gorgeous city of Paris, France. Our dear friend Jenny Froom was just there. And Samantha, let us know where you're tuned in from. Great to have you. Josh Goody, he says, someone has stolen the rain from Seattle, and I don't like it. Good morning, all.
0: It was us <laughs> here. Uh, it has been raining off and on almost every day in the southeast since, what, early last week, right?
1: Yeah, it's been raining a lot. In fact, uh, we were just You're looking at our <laughs> we were just looking at our water bill. Yes, riveting, riveting information this morning. But uh, <laughs> we had <laughs> we had a little lawn work done. So we had to water a lot about three months ago. And, oh boy. and all this rain lately, we barely had to, you know, water it in the last 30 days. And Greg, I'm ashamed to tell you what that water bill was three or four months ago, but we spent only seventy dollars wow. in water bill over the last 30 days. So that's that's good. So Josh, we have we're stealing your rain there. Jeremy's back with us. Supply chain now fam. That's right. Uh great to have you here. I tell you, really have enjoyed your perspective. Uh, Jeremy in, in live streams and webinars. Lighten and, uh, look, it up from doodah. That's as right. as we call it Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> and looking forward to what he shares today. Uh so David, tuned in from North Carolina via LinkedIn. Great to see you here. Where I think in I'm, North Carolina? I'm gonna guess Raleigh. Okay, that's a great guess. Let's see. We'll just see. I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit and guess the triangle area, which well, what, that's Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham. North, but yeah, Raleigh, Durham, and what's the third city that makes up Kerry? Does Cary?
0: maybe is Kerry big enough to make up part of the triangle?
1: So Saddam, let us yeah. know. Yeah. We're probably butchering the, the definition of triangle, but great to have yeah, you. Yeah, please here. let us know what the three cities are. <laughs> Jonathan, welcome back. I've yeah. Enjoyed your perspective from Louisiana. Uh says he learned so much. Well, hey, if you're not learning, Greg, we're, we're you're well, regressing. To quote the
0: right? Great philosopher. You're either growing or you're dying. There ain't no third direction. <laughs> Big Tom Callahan.
1: Uh, that's right. Big Tom Callahan. Love it. Uh, Randall is tuned in from Auburn University via LinkedIn uh, and Greg you may know I believe Gartner ranked Auburn University in the top 5 of its 2022 supply chain pro, under, undergraduate programs. How wow, about that? really? Yeah. That's we don't want... No,
0: oh, no, I didn't I don't think I've seen that Scott.
1: If I'm not mistaken, I was I'm just looking at that Still one? Yes. I was just looking at that last week and I'm if I'm not mistaken and Randall let me know. I think four out of the top five supply chain programs, were as ranked by Gartner, were all from the SEC, the Southeastern Conference. Isn't oh, that boy. strange? You'll
0: never hear the end of that. Now,
1: right? <laughs> SEC's all right.
0: favoritism.
1: That's right. That is right. Well, On it one is. One
0: hand, you got there's who knows who, and over here you got favoritism. <laughs> you know, uh, seriously though, Scott, breaking yes. breaking into the top five and breaking up those um, kind of top positions. I once heard a data scientist and mathematician say that's very, very almost impossible to do. Right. Like it's, you know, he explained and I got it at the time, but I've slept since then explained (laughs) why it is so impossible to unseat Wharton as the best business school in America, because there's, you know, there's so much, not just statistical, but, um, anecdotal momentum there. Okay. So that, that's huge to see that change. And by the way, I applaud Gartner for probably tweaking how schools are evaluated to do that. They're very, very uh, good about that. I remember when they uh, started figuring out how to rank cloud-based technologies versus the old on-prem. And they kind of get in front of the curve mm-hmm. uh, for things
1: like that and start showing you what's coming down the pike. So that's good. Uh, well, congrats. That's right. Congrats, War Eagle. Uh, uh home of the Auburn Tigers and the War Eagles. Um uh you know, hey, uh, they play great enough sports and they and they have a great enough supply chain program to have two mascots. Uh hey, all well, in you good know no, fun. nobody really can tell you where that
0: came from, by the way, War Eagle. You know? There there are like five philosophies and and three that kind of rise to the top. So really. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe Randall can share his favorite version of that. Yeah. But regardless, congrats to Auburn and all the all the schools that made the top twenty five list that Gartner compiled. Because I agree with you, Greg. Uh, Gartner is out front, and you know Mike Griswold will be back with us in about two weeks for his monthly appearance. Uh, Goes by fast. Yeah, it does. Uh, Gene Pledger. Now I bet we just were not making GP's day because we were talking about Auburn. Auburn fan. Right. Yeah. Well, Gene Pledger is a big Bama fan, and uh, you know, Gene, let us know what Bama, what the University of Alabama, what you know, some of their strongest programming is. I'd, I'd be curious. But Football. regardless, <laughs> that's right. Sorry, Gene. I know you have academics there. <laughs> that's right. But Gene, great to see you here today, as always. Stephen, hello via we'll LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Uh, appreciate you being here, Krista. Also, good morning to you uh, tuned in via LinkedIn. Let us know where in the world you're tuned in from. Uh, Umar, I believe this is. Good afternoon. Umar from Senegal via LinkedIn. Great to see you today. If, if I get your name wrong, it's not from a lack of trying. Uh, I speak Georgia English, and that prevents me sometimes, Greg, making certain syllables, right? So, hey, let us know. We want to get everybody's name right. But, Umar, great That's to not have a you joke,
0: here. Scott, by the way. I
1: mean, if that's you right.
0: if you watched people try to speak a foreign language, it's why you get the pigeon, which is not the bird. The pigeon version of all these languages is because people it's not natural for them right. to like shape their mouth right uh, the way that you do for certain words. So that's right. It is to be forgiven, even if you're in Germany, which it's not <laughs> ever forgiven. You must always only and ever speak the most proper German ever. <laughs> Man, that sounded great, Greg. Uh, To you,
1: I'm sure somebody in Germany is going to, you know, crucify (laughs) me. You're going to get it in feedback. But uh, uh, Umar, great to have you here from Senegal. Looking forward to your perspective. Philando is back with us from Huntsville via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Philando. Greg uh, Studer, uh, good morning from a beautiful August day in Wisconsin, Greg. Yeah, he's about.
0: Probably about thirty days from three feet of snow, but enjoy it while it lasts, Greg. Because it That's is right. summer is beautiful if you don't get hauled off by a mosquito, the state bird <laughs> of Wisconsin. Um, no, it is. It's beautiful, I, and uh, I love it. We we just spent a little bit of time at a ball
1: game with a cat from Wisconsin. Right? That is right. Who is who's uh, essentially becoming a legend in the digital content arena so more on that to come soon Not just a podcaster jason hoke right that's right no that longer right.
0: the how stuff works guy now right. he is gosh he's so expanded his horizons and it's like steven spielberg unbelievably knowledgeable about baseball holy mackerel i don't know how he has the time i don't know how you have the time <laughs> i sat there like a drooling idiot listening to you guys talk about all those players and and so game. Greg's
1: talking. Greg's talking about a a game we attended uh, where the Atlanta Braves took on the New, York, uh, the New York Mets, but it was the one out of the four games set recently, the only one we lost. But we had co- good company, great food, and lots of uh, great conversation. So Greg, hope it so remains a beautiful day in Wisconsin. And thanks for sending that article along. having yeah. had a chance to dive into that, but uh, great to have you here. Shelley Phillips is back with us. She's always dropping a truckload of perspective on these things uh, from the great state of Colorado, tuned in via LinkedIn. Uh, Iqbal, good morning, supply chain family. I'm from Pakistan wow. uh, via Where LinkedIn,
0: Pakistan. That's what I'd like to know. So Iqbal, let us
1: know, uh, let One us know of the what city
0: contractors that I hired for a previous company was from Pakistan. Oh my gosh. Really? It's, yeah. It's outside of Islamabad. I cannot remember what the name it is. He was
1: amazing. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, let us know what part of the country. Mark Preston is here from Peachtree City via LinkedIn. Mark, now we you know see? where that is. <laughs> that's right. Where the golf carts are. That is right. Mark, I hope this finds you and your family well. Uh, let's see here. Samana, She uh, that's what we were talking about earlier. She is from the western portion of France. What is that? Uh, How do you not, pronounce
0: that? Not. You don't say the T-E-S. Ah uh, just not not non- or non something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Well Samantha, great to have you here. Looking yeah, forward to your perspective. You can, Uh yeah, maybe she can uh give us a uh lesson. Yes <laughs> phonetically uh <laughs> Raul Pindi, that's what I was thinking of in <laughs> in Pakistan.
1: So Randall says, Yes, Auburn's number four in undergrad and top fifteen in the master's program. Wow, so wow, Auburn's awesome. doing big things. Uh Marie, I agree with you. She says, I love how Greg turns on the y'all accent when talking about the SEC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Marie, great to have you here yeah. <laughs> today. All right. I know we can't hit everybody here. Uh, I see a lot of uh, regulars and some new faces. T-Squared's with us. Uh, uh, Hugh is with us, back with us. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Steven uh, you name it, but great to have everybody. And we want to get y'all's take from the uh, stories we're about to hit. So Greg, we better get, we better get to work, huh? Can I share
0: just one supply yeah. chain disappointment before we okay. do this?
1: So, um,
0: want a new chair, ordered it from my opinion, the gr- greatest furniture store on the planet, Ikea. Okay. Um, they promised me delivery in two days Yeah. and two days expired on Saturday. And now they're promising me delivery on the 23rd, which is tomorrow. Correct yes it's embarrassing right. yeah tw- 23rd which is tomorrow <laughs> and I, i've done you know of course we've all been disappointed and we're going to talk a little bit about that disappointment in right. again in one of these articles we've all been disappointed but I, I was thinking about why that could be for ikea which is so excellent in everything other than that and yep i think back to when i ordered office furniture and had it, kind of a similar thing happen in 2018 so no excuses there and i think it is because their customer base is so used to coming into IKEA for a day at the store. Okay, right? their Swedish meatballs are pretty darn good, not the <laughs> best, but you know <laughs> that's the United bad. States. What do you expect? Um, and and you can just spend a whole day in the store going, "I'll take that room, right? I want this Kvorknisch or whatever," um, and. <laughs> And I think that they have never really built a delivery infrastructure Okay. because the order completely disappeared. Then it showed up in FedEx with uh, an exception, something I have never seen before. Anyway, I think that uh, one of you folks out there, let's talk to Ikea <laughs> up their game a little bit. I yes. feel like they could really, really expand their business, certainly in the States, with a better uh, order management delivery structure. Right, I'm with you. Very disappointing. I mean, honestly, as a huge fan, unbelievably disappointing, and no notification. Just one day, they say it's going to show up on the 23rd instead of the 20th.
1: Well, you know, m- maybe that's why everybody goes to the store and stands in line because they have such a tough time, reliable time and experience, in getting stuff delivered. I know we've we have modified what we have ordered so that we can fit whatever they'll ship and get it here whenever we need it. So Greg, we'll have to get the line with the folks over at Ikea. Well, yeah,
0: and, and their customer service experience, wow. Mm. I mean, i would never had to have it. They have some bear named Duncan Ork or something like that, and you have to go, that didn't help, that didn't help, like three times, and then he finally asks, would you like to talk to a human being? Really? And then I think I'm still waiting.
1: Hold on, I'll check. That was four hours ago. Okay. All right. All right. So lesson learned. If you ship yeah. Greg something, make sure it's got all the information he needs and well, it anyway, is what he needs. I mean, that's and not when.
0: me, right? That, right? I mean, that we should be able to expect more out of a great company like Ikea. right. That's it right. has nothing to do with me. I'm sure right. other people have the same story with the same or other
1: retailers. Well, we've got, yes, and we've got some comments along those lines. It was online, Um, Josh. Okay. So let's get to the bottom of it. So we'll see if we can't uh, get some other experiences uh, from the IKEA e-commerce experience. And by the way, Krista, we asked earlier, she's tuning in from Baldwin, Wisconsin. So much like Greg, enjoying uh, probably a late summer in Wisconsin. I bet it's nice and cool. Jonathan tuned in from California where he's sending love. Which love that, uh, Jonathan? Great to have you here via LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. So, Greg, uh, yes, are we Scott. ready to dive into the uh, first story today? I am. I am
0: now. Now that I've ranted, I am
1: ready. Okay. <laughs> nah, no, that 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 was a uh, um that wasn't. I've seen the Greg White patented rants. Well, almost so, everyone here has, haven't they? <laughs> right. So, if you're new, just wait. It'll happen. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, we're going to try to get everybody's comments here today. A lot of comments here today, so keep them coming. Uh, I want to dive into the first story here today, which y'all may have heard about. The labor strike taking place in the United Kingdom, as reported by Reuters here. About 2,000 workers at Felixstowe. Is that how we pronounce that, Greg? Felixstowe? Felixstowe, uh, something okay. like that, yeah. Okay, so about 2,000 workers. I at do an English accent, so I not uh, try. <laughs> well, as Amanda would say, I cannot do any accent, so I, I, that usually keeps me uh, keeps me in line. But about 2,000 workers at Felixstowe went on strike over the weekend, prompted by mainly a dispute over wages. Uh, in case you didn't know a little perspective here, Felixstowe is located on the east coast of England. I think we've got a, a rough map, much, uh, map here. Yeah, much um, smoother waters. That's right. Uh, about 93 miles from London. It is the U.K.'s busiest port handling about 4 million uh, TEUs or 20-foot equivalents per year and uh, handles almost half of the country's container trade. So you put all that into perspective, though, the busiest port outside of Asia lies just across the English Channel there. You see uh, Rotterdam. Rotterdam. The port of Rotterdam yeah. handles over 15 million TEUs, uh, at least it did in 2021. So the strike is expected, projected, to last uh, about eight days. Um By all accounts, Greg, it doesn't appear – it appears that any impact or disruption is going to be regionalized, you know. And um, But what's your take, Greg? Well, uh,
0: their complaint is that they got a measly cost of living increase uh, last negotiation and a measly 7%, which is a huge uplift, by the way, but still less than the rate of inflation in the U.K., which it makes – our excessive rate of inflation 40 year high look measly by by perspective so i I think what's interesting is that uh, about 500 of the workers accepted the deal but the other 1500 did not so yeah yeah the article goes into the port workers union um, which is somehow differently different. You guys, I'm not going to pretend like I know how that all works. But um, but they had accepted the deal, but the other 1,500 did not. So, you know, I mean, this is the nature of things. And what's interesting is, at, at the same time, inflation and recession. They've announced recession in the U.K. because they're honest about it, um, whereas we haven't here in the States because we're – not right um, <laughs> there there's a r- little rant for the new kids. Um, but th- 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 you know all of that is going to start to back up. I think s- salaries are going to start to they're going to start to level off um, hopefully if these banks can get control of inflation and right and I don't think that they can solely it's going to take some other factors like most of us ceasing to buy things at these incredulous prices. But if they can, these people are going to get a raise, and then the price of things should start to come down. So um, I know that that's it's hard to foresee that, and I would never expect someone on the dock to be that tuned into global or even their national economy, mm. or by the way, to bet on that. I mean, what if right. what if economists are wrong? And I don't know if you know this, Scott, but on occasion, every single occasion, economists are wrong about receptions.
1: Sure. So yeah, it's like. Sp- Sports predictors, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if you're wrong, nobody remembers. right? <laughs> or the weather or the, the weather uh, meteorologists. Same Gosh, thing. What an easy job that is, right? <laughs> well, uh, excellent thoughts there. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, it's projected to go eight days. And I think it, it kicked in yesterday, us uh, being Sunday here in the States. So we'll see uh, what gets negotiated and when we can get everyone everyone back to work. Um, all right. Really quick, Muhammad uh, he's in Supply Chain Management from Bangladesh. Great to see you here, Muhammad. Uh Balan is from the UAE. Oh, uh, you can uh, go see China. our friend Kim Winter. That's right. I bet Kim Winter uh, pops in. I saw him busy uh, over the last couple of days, uh, Greg, at quite at yet another event. He was doing some sailing, too. But Balan, uh, great to see you here today. And Shelly is saying, go, Greg. Uh, so I want some more rants, maybe. I know maybe. what she's
0: saying it too. <laughs>
1: It is a recession. (laughs) Well, uh, Shelly, Bala, Muhammad, and many others, great to see you here today. Thanks for tuning in. So let's get into the second uh, article here today. Uh, Greg, you uh, commented uh, via one of your patented and and growing uh, legendary supply chain commentaries. You dove into this, um, what's going on over at Sally Beauty Shop. Golly, yeah. Sally Beauty uh, stores, maybe. This is new to me. You know, it was new to me, Greg, and then I Googled as I, I was kind of diving into the story. There's like eight stores right around our neck of the woods out here. So, uh, but, but Greg, let us know what's what's going on over at Sally Beauty. Well, I guess maybe
0: only I was surprised, kind of like you, Scott, that it, things had gotten so bad because the comments, frankly, more than my commentary, were enlightening in Unnatural fashion. I kind of took it easy on these folks because I also looked into the fact that their stock um, is down, but they're a fairly, from a financial management standpoint, they're a pretty efficient company. They're just apparently investing in the wrong, (laughs) wrong products right now because what I've heard since the commentary is that the shelves have been empty, or you know, gappy for a long, long time, and. And I I was kind of stunned by that. You know, it's funny how you have to look at things from the inside to recognize that obviously this is a company that's doing a very, very poor job managing their inventory. What I did like about the commitment from their CEO, who uh, you have to forgive me. I, I looked at the link and then I immediately forgot her name. But anyway, they, they are very dedicated to making some changes and that's good. Obviously they've got a problem in their planning process and probably my guess is the technology that supports that Mm. um so they need they need to obviously shake some things up and they are willing to do it which is a good sign and sometimes companies have to i think we've all experienced this they have to fall off a cliff before Mm. you know they learn how to whatever you do to keep yourself from falling off a cliff they um right i mean they they have to really be hit hard before they go and and uh, address something like this but what's interesting is that they still beat their sales estimate even though they lost 15 million in sales okay they still beat their sales estimate so that tells me there was clearly an awareness of the fact that they were struggling with appropriate inventories and that they're committed to it is interesting and good We'll see. And I'm going to track, uh, I'm going to keep touch with some of the folks that made comments here because uh, they brutalized these folks. Really? Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a Sally problem, but Shelly yep. had Shelly uh, Phillips had some, yeah, it scathing <laughs> comments. And I think appropriately. <laughs> so, I mean, if you read her commentary, it, it it's, I mean, it is right on target from what I've seen, and um, but I'm trying to think. Tempest Woodford also commented on it. Yep. Um, Ryan Lynch, Tiffany Brewer is talking about how that runs through um, retail, and yep. but I think Sally is an exceptional case, and maybe they some companies do this when they're public. Maybe they announce this as here's what happened, and we're on it to stem the tide of losses in terms of the stock.
1: Denise Polonis, the CEO, I believe present CEO CEO. of Sally beauty holdings Polonis. Right. Um, And to your point, Shelly says, I hope Sally gets her makeover and uh, she's Shelly talking about Sally. Uh, She held back. uh, Held back. (laughs) Uh, You can, you can almost tell um,
0: except that she said dull and dingy. Right. uh, About the stores. So now I want to go in and look at a store because you know yeah. Alta, which I think even most guys have heard of, yeah. Alta is one of their big competitors. And I think um, up up around our house in Atlanta, I think there is a Sally store, and it seems crowded. If I remember it correctly, it's next to a really good Chinese restaurant. Okay, um, it seems crowded and and dark. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of what uh, Shelly was saying. I'd have to go look.
1: We will keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on over at Sally Beauty and enjoyed uh, not only your commentary, but all the folks that weighed in as well. Yeah. I want to go back uh, before we move to the next story. I want to share this comment from Krista. Kind of along the lines of Ikea and now Sally Beauty, uh, Krista says, I think there's much need around on-time delivery in the entire supply chain realm. Not just Ikea, but many retailers, companies, and stores offer delivery are struggling to get things, places, uh, on time. Holding carriers accountable presents a challenge in in itself. (laughs) A big conversation, Krista continues to say, we are having with our clients and customers is that there was a big shift, twice, if you will. People were at home and were willing and able to be flexible with the deliveries that took place to their homes. And then uh, uh, I think that shifted. I couldn't get the rest of her comment there, but lots of it, it, it's it's only gotten harder. However, Greg, as we've seen time and time again, some of the the um, more innovative organizations, leadership teams, management teams that's looking for uh, and implementing. More effective ways to navigate the current landscape, while also communicating very transparently to customers. Right. Uh, those setting are the, words, the
0: expectations. Setting I mean,
1: expectations. Yes. I don't get
0: mad if you tell me it's going to be the twenty third. That's right. right. You're so or right. Or if you Greg. tell me there's a disruption that has now made it the twenty third, but when the date just changes on the right on the day that I'm expecting delivery, anyway, that,
1: that's yeah. right. Yeah. Along those lines, uh, I got a. A mix, you know, one of those nice mixing bowls The a bread hook. I can't remember the name, who maybe cuisine art, maybe. Or anyway, I got it for, I got it. Uh, what what was that, Amanda? <laughs> you could type that in. She yelled from around the corner, but it was for Amanda. And, and I think it was, it, was a, it was a holiday gift or maybe a birthday gift. Uh, this was, you know, two years ago. So this is right in the thick of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything was delayed as you might expect, Greg. But man, you could reach and speak to someone with, you know, directly they were upfront with what they were experiencing. You know, they weren't promising something tomorrow that wasn't going to be here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and that has stuck with me. And you know, to your point, Greg, setting the right expectations and being able to communicate with customers beyond the operational execution and new wrinkles we've got to, um, and difficulties we've got to lean into there. Just talk straight with the customer. You know, that will resolve so much upfront. Uh, you know. And not burn people, you know, not 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 make people angry, you know, Greg. Yeah,
0: I, I think I think you're right. I, I mean, I think you you have to set the well. Gosh, Scott, it feels like we, when we were talking a lot about CX, right? CX is more than just what the website looks like. Customer experience is all about the entirety of the experience, and right. and I I think um, a lot of companies. They know how to do it. To Josh's point, they are very good in the store, right? And they've set an expectation, kind of a European expectation of, hey, expect to wait in line at the store. We're going to feed you and you can get ice cream right after you pay, which (laughs) by the way is why I tolerate it. Um, (laughs) But what they haven't done, they've done a terrible job, for instance, at IKEA of setting that expectation online. And I think that is where so many companies who are late to the e-commerce party that is where they, they have enabled it, but have they really created a, 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 a pleasurable experience for the for the consumer? And I just think no, in a right. lot of cases. Um, and and of course, you know, the, everybody was willing to accept a late delivery during the pandemic because where were they going? Right. Oh, I'll wait an extra <laughs> two days, I guess. Right. I'll, I'll just have. I, I mean, I'm going to have to make another drizzly order. Right. <laughs> <It was delivered. laughs> um, in the meantime, but uh, yeah, I'll wait. And now people are back to that kind of two day uh,
1: do what you promise expectation. Yep. So I'm getting corrected. Uh, so KitchenAid, KitchenAid was the brand, not Cuis- uh, Cuisine know. knows? I don't know. Uh, maybe her and Amanda have chit chatted or something. Damn, I don't no know. Kidding. But KitchenAid really handled that well. And of course, they've got great products. Um, I want to share a couple of other comments here. Josh says online loves to reserve the right to take two business days to confirm orders. If they have two days for delivery, two business days. Uh, worked in a call center for two years, working with the lack of communication and establishing expectations. That Josh. must be specifically at IKEA. Right. Well, that, you know, Josh would love to weigh in. Let us yeah. know. But uh, would love to. Uh, I bet you've got some stories. That you could share, tell. yes, uh, yeah. Jonathan. You're right. Transparency and authenticity. You're, you you nailed it. We need more of that, and and not just between um, retailers and customers, but retailers and their suppliers. You know, I think well, Greg, we've we've talked a lot about that. There's meaningful partnerships that power help to power the visibility that um, is table stakes these days. So, Jonathan, well said there. Mm-hmm. Krista says, uh, you both said it well. Yes, transparency, expectations. I think a big thing is proactive approaches to issues that happen and notification to the consumer. Amen, sister. Uh, Amanda is confirming. Uh, thank you for the correction. It was a KitchenAid mixer and one of my all-time favorite gifts. So <laughs> Shelly also, uh, I mean, also what? We're going to have to get to the She's bottom psychic? of Shelly Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> She's psychic.
0: We definitely need her in supply chain. <laughs>
1: Shelly, we're going to have to learn more about you've got quite the journey uh, between Well, you know, we get a little piece of her story with each live stream. So uh, we're going to dive into some of the recipes she wrote about. Hey, uh, Luke Small is with us. Holy
0: mackerel. And and confirming the weather for Josh. Yes, Josh. uh, You you and Luke left with an Irish accent also, which is super (laughs) cool. I love to hear Luke talk. So if you guys, if you haven't ever seen him speak, he's got all kinds of videos out there. Digital right. Transformation Pro right there, um, and like
1: super cool to listen to. <laughs> so Luke and Josh, y'all hailing from the same part of the uh, neck of the woods, you're going to have to get together. But Luke, great to have you. Really enjoy your digital transformation. Yep. Been there, Yeah, call done Ikea, that
0: Luke, and uh, help them with their e-commerce digital transformation, please.
1: <laughs> All right. So moving right along, this is going to be a jam-packed episode of the Supply Chain Buzz here at Supply Chain Now. We, uh, a, a really cool story got my attention over the weekend. Uh, I think Theo um, put this on my radar. Uh, so love this news from Ben and Jerry's uh, as reported via Food Dive. Uh, as a company, which, by the way, Greg, is now owned by Unilever. Some folks may not know that. Uh, it continues its efforts to combat modern slavery and child labor in the chocolate supply chain. So Ben and Jerry's announced a new partnership with Tony's Chocolonely. I hope I said that right, uh, Greg. Tony's Chocolonely, that is expected to, amongst other things, improve working conditions for farmers, optimize the traceability of cocoa beans, creating more visibility about those labor concerns. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, many chocolate and candy companies have kicked off improvement initiatives to address similar concerns, especially in the chocolate industry, which, by the way, is expect uh, is expected to surpass $67 billion as a global industry in 2025. Now, Greg, what say you about this new partnership and what they're aiming to do?
0: Uh, it's about damn time, and thank you. I, I mean, um, it, it, got, it has gotten so bad in the cocoa industry that I will just, I'll uh, regionalize so as not to expose specific companies. Certain organizations in, in Africa, governments, have, had ceased to send chocolate to certain organizations in Switzerland, chocolate mm. companies, because of their abject refusal to, to actually help kind of solve things with, you know, the, the forced labor issues and other tragic issues of the cocoa industry, mm. which you can read about all over the place. So I, I'm glad, of course, anytime Ben & Jerry's gets involved, you know I know there's I know Ben and Jerry are mostly figureheads now but anytime they get involved you know something good is going to happen there it's a great culture and I, I think it's good to see a big company like Unilever continuing to enable all of that yes. you know uh, social impact that that Ben and Jerry's has had for so long
1: you know we've talked uh, speaking of Unilever uh, Multiple times uh, over the course of the last few months, and some of the uh, ways that they're truly leading where global supply chain, what they should be doing, what we should be doing. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I, I love the spirit in which they're um, honoring how Ben and Jerry's was founded, and, and what they did from a do the right thing, and 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 not just do what everybody else is doing, but but you know really uh, lead right. Yep. Um, and Unilever is really, uh, as you put it, enabling that to happen and drive the impact that's got to take place because the cocoa bean industry, the chocolate, uh, global chocolate supply chain has really gained a notoriety for some of these, um, practices that we can, you know, just can't be tolerated. Yep. Um, so, uh, there's one thing I was going to share, Greg. Um, Oh, I got a sec. Go ahead. Hang on a sec. <laughs> ben and Jerry's Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. What, what is your, my favorite flavor? Is Cherry Garcia, and I could eat that by the barrel. Any any favorite flavors on your end? Um, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know the names of them. <laughs> um, Moose Tracks, I think, is one. I mean, uh, we'll see. Amanda Clay, uh, their chocolate
0: is quite good. So, um, but honestly, that's why I know
1: as much as so, I know
0: about cocoa supply chain.
1: So Cherry Garcia, Greg, if you hadn't had this, I'm going to fix this in the next couple of days because it is is one of their historically uh, most popular flavors. And it's it's like a uh, cherry cordial ice cream with chunks of cherry, chunks of uh, chocolate, of course, delicious ice cream. And it was named after Jerry Garcia, as you might expect. And I can't remember, there's a great quote. I took a deep dive into this thing not too long ago because I've, eat, I've eaten it my entire life. You need to and do a biz history episode about well, Cherry Garcia, man. We do, but he, he had a he had an interesting response once he got the call that they were naming an ice cream after him before he passed away, and it was one of those legendary responses. I have to dig it up, but anyway, Cherry Garcia. We're gonna we're gonna remedy that and get you one of the best ice creams in the world. Uh, let's see here, half baked is one. Uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Uh, Clay's a big fan of Chunky Monkey and Half Baked. Uh, Marie, Ben and Jerry's, everything but the, everything but the, um, oh, it's the, that's one of the ice creams. Everything but the kitchen sink, I think, or everything but something. Yeah. Uh, Hugh, Strawberry Shortcake, and Cherry Garcia. See, Cherry Garcia is just some of the best stuff. Um,
0: I think you guys
1: are just old stoners, and that's why you like it. <laughs> Maybe so, but you know what? <laughs> You're grateful dead fans. So, <laughs> well, uh, all that kidding aside, great move here. Ben and Jerry's yeah. partnering with Tony's Chocolonely, and uh, we'll keep a finger on the on the uh, pulse of the real outcomes that are driven by these. Uh, so, moving right along, Greg. Yeah, and congrats to Unilever for doing the right
0: thing. I can't believe we have to say that, but um, right. But uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't care yeah. why you do good. I just care that you do good.
1: Right. And uh, as you know, me and you both know, consumers, folks, uh, it's what we tolerate as consumers. I mean, do your homework. We should all, and I'm not pointing fingers, we should all do our homework on these different brands and really support those that are doing the right thing uh, to end some of the travesties that go on across global, uh, global industry. Um, okay, enough of that. Uh, let's get into this really, I, th- I thought, really intriguing article uh via market watch so let me share uh, a few um highlights here i'm not gonna say reader's digest a few a tick tick tock highlights here oh, there you go oh man <laughs> we're trying we're trying That's awesome. so uh and for folks you may not uh, some of the folks here may be new uh, for my my entire life i've referred to short summaries of information as the reader's digest version and lately, our team here has said, "Scott, no one knows what Reader's Digest is anymore. You got to update your uh, references." And I'm if trying- we were on the five
0: o'clock news, all the all the seventy seven plus people that watch <laughs> it, which is apparently the only people who watch news these days, by the way, on television, <laughs> they, they would all it. know what you're talking about. Right. Right. So if all you right. ever get a job at CNN or CBS or ABC or NBC, you'll be r- right in the right
1: audience for that. That is good to know yeah fuel or, uh, food for thought um, so this article here from Market watch on the future of transportation and some of the challenges we've been discussing Greg for quite some mm-hmm. time but kind of through a different lens so this is uh this was written by dr. Joseph Coughlin uh, and he uses a trip to the tire shop as kind of a vehicle for spotlighting uh, some of these supply chain delimits but check out these data points that's my favorite part you know some of these opinion pieces which this technically is it's all opinion and no data uh, and, mm. and no real factoids and numbers and statistics. But this has got a lot of that in here. So check out these. Uh, remember the $1 trillion in federal spending or thereabouts, rounding, I guess, yep. on infrastructure that was uh, passed not too long ago. Well, the labor woes that can be found everywhere else in global supply chain well, can also be found in the construction industry. Get this, the Associated Builders and, Con- and Contractors Group has identified almost 400,000 open construction jobs as of spring uh, 2022. That's up 60,000 openings since last year. Hmm. Speaking of talent, even if you can hire workers, good luck keeping them. Now take the automotive service industry, you know, like the technicians that keep your cars humming right along, especially if if you're like me and you don't have that skill set or, or the smarts or the, you know, the ability to do that kind of stuff. The National Institute of Automotive Service Excellence Education Foundation. Wonder who named that. Wow, man! Has (laughs) has found
0: spell that must spell something really cool.
1: Must be. I hope so. Uh, For a name that long, right? But so this group, this this um, foundation, has found that forty-two percent, forty-two percent of automotive technology graduates stay in the profession for only about two years. How about that for churn? And, you know, that electrical power grid that all these EV cars that that are really in demand now will be relying on in the years to come. The IEEE, which is another professional uh, society, says that about 50% of the energy workforce may retire over the next five to 10 years. And like many trades, I bet recruiting folks into roles like electricians are extremely difficult. They got to be because we're hearing ads by every day on the radio for Sports Talk yeah. Radio here in Atlanta. We so were great. hearing
0: that before the great resignation, right? Uh, any, any of those skilled industries, HVAC, electrical, plumbing, what else do you have in your house?
1: <laughs> all right. But, you know, th- th- you, you make a great point because we all rely on these talented uh, parts, aspects of society, you know, every day. And these that's where I found this article and, and just the fact toys I shared and some other stuff in the article. Uh, not eye-opening if you've been kind of paying attention to the labor workforce, but but you know, uh, we've got some serious problems. Uh, not, not even sneaking up on us. It. It's going to be here really soon. But Greg, what was your take here? Well, it's
0: been happening for nigh on a decade now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, 10,000 baby boomers a day leave the workforce one way or the other. And last year, 3.6 million on top of that left the workforce. This great myth that the Great Recession was all Gen Zers, Gen Xers, a lot of Gen Xers, but Gen Zers and Millennials um, is coming home to roost. I had an interesting discussion with one of my Gen Z daughters, who I won't name but you know who you are (laughs) about all the power and freedom that they have because of the great resignation. And I'm thinking if you want anything done, you better replace your grandparents who left the workforce because it wasn't your generation who left the workforce. Right. Um, And I wonder how some of these things will turn out. For instance, the housing market is now, the housing market is now officially in recession. So, you know, Um, new home starts are drying up. Um, My eldest daughter got her house sold just before the market, I wouldn't say crashed, but it is crashing in some markets. Um, Started its big downturn. Um, And you can expect some of those construction jobs uh, that were required to no longer be required. So I think we'll reach some level of equilibrium in the construction industry, certainly. But I think one of the Things that is so interesting, Scott, is not only is there a stuff shortage, but there is a people shortage. And as economies around the world slow, as those who are, again, honest, um, they confess that they are in recession, which many have, um, including uh, China, who has um, an incredible problem with an overabundance of housing and now. An, inc- an incredible debt crisis because right. a lot of the developers are defaulting on their on their debt. That
1: really, really quick aside. That is a yep. fascinating story, folks. Y'all should Google or YouTube that because the house of cards, in some respects, in that industry and in real estate and construction in China, it is amazing. What feels what's, a little uh, bit
0: like two thousand eight, doesn't it? Scott? <laughs> right. I mean, for them, right? right? Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, but I think um, you know. There, in, in any case, there. We're going to start to see some equilibrium here. And what I'm curious about is as the economy starts to come back in the next year, year or two or three, whatever it takes, as the economies start to come back, will those roles be filled by human beings? Right. Because a lot of these roles that are being left open were populated largely by people over 53 years old, most of whom all but the first three years of that are baby boomers right if you're 56 or less you're a or is it 57 or less whatever you're a gen xer Hmm. but everybody above that is a baby boomer and they are starting to leave the workforce in even greater droves than they were before so what is going to happen you know when that that occurs and i think we've seen people staying away in droves from certain of those jobs we've talked about fulfillment warehouse and manufacturing roles that remain unfilled truck drivers and By the way, I think it's great that everyone wants to nurture truck driving, but they are not coming back. Yeah, right. And and we will either figure out how to do that another way, or we will always have a shortage from now until the end of time. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, we have to acknowledge these things because it's not just stuff supply chain; it's also talent supply chain that is having. I mean, it's having a, a great transition and disruption. The difference with the talent supply chain is that disruption is permanent. Some baby boomers will probably come back to the workforce because they'll be forced to by um, by the downturn in the economy. I'm going right. to just call it recession. Is it okay if I just call it recession? Hey, your, your call. Yeah, any of you deniers, just give me a call and we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> By recession and, you know, and, and the impact of that. But I don't think a lot will because so many of them are at or near retirement age. Um, And that's the largest, that is the largest generation in the history of earth, the baby boomers. So there will be jobs that will be unable to be filled. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's concerning, but I really think we're at a good time and space with technology and autonomous and various and sundry things. So people don't have to do some of those dark, dirty, dangerous and dull jobs. It will be solved.
1: It will be oh, solved. Questionably.
0: It'll yeah. be solved.
1: Um, really quick sharing a couple comments here. Uh, <laughs> Josh, uh, going back to, how we were replacing our references. Josh says getting rad with lingo for the hip new generation of supply chain. Hey, we're trying Josh. What? We are oh, trying oh, oh, with the TikTok
0: thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Shelly. He just gave himself up as a Gen Xer using rad, <laughs> right.
1: right? Radical. Um, Shelly, you're, you're right. Micro does have a very powerful message, and he's taking real action uh, about these essential jobs. Excellent point there. Uh, Shashi's back with us from Dubai, right? We are just talking about Kim Winner and, and the UAE momentarily uh, a few minutes ago, rather. Shashi says, here everything's back normal. The Dubai government relaxed visas to ensure supply of talents. This is amazing for us here. It goes on to say construction's booming again. All the cranes are back in action, which means real estate prices are back like pre-COVID-19. How about that, Greg?
0: That's great. I mean, they've exploded here in the States and now imploding in the States and China and various and sundry other markets. So so wait for opportunity, Shashi. That would be my
1: suggestion. <laughs> Shashi, great to have you here once again uh, on the buzz. Marie, hey, I love your weighing in by the truckload here today. She says, I started talking to a contractor last fall to remove a deck and replace it with a sunroom. He agreed to the job, took almost a year to complete. I think we all kind of are related to some of those.
0: Ex- yeah, lucky He you. agreed to the job, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a frustrating time frame, but I mean, that's just... The way it's been, right?
1: Yep. Shelly says once her handyman retires, which is soon, there's Mm -hmm. no. She's got no replacement. A lot of folks are probably feeling that pinch. Uh, I already
0: did, so yeah.
1: (laughs) Greg says companies really need to start mentoring the next generation and start preparing. Start preparing. Um, All right, so Greg. Uh, and, and, and by the way, just to close this, uh, last segment out, y'all check out that that was via market watch yeah. future of transportation as the article is entitled is on a collision course with retirement workforce, recruitment, and rescaling. So check that out. I think we'll drop in a link to that uh, in just a second. Okay. Greg. Yes. Again, jam packed episode here today, all right Jam packed episode. We got one last thing to share with folks, uh, as we look to really, you know, again, we want to be, a um, a clearinghouse of resources and perspective and expertise here at Supply Chain now for our global uh, family. And one of the things we launched uh, a week what or a two ago.
0: photograph that is, first of all.
1: Well, you know, so get this. Uh, so we had a label on this photograph. Uh, and now I'm hearing from Clay Phillips' attorney. No, I'm kidding. Actually, uh, that No one, doubt
0: and should. <laughs> right. That well, yeah, is, yeah, make sure
1: you. Copyright from Clay Phillips, uh, as he attended uh, the Atlanta Braves game at some point, uh, I think it was fr- last Friday night, and so I thought it fit in perfectly with one, some of the themes we had with uh, our new LinkedIn newsletter. So this this edition came out Wednesday. Um, this edition came out last Saturday, uh, and our newsletter is called "With That Said." Right. So this was uh, this edition was called "Moving Heaven and Earth with Purpose," and that's what that image. is like. The heavens beaming down on the supply chain stage, right? There's nowhere to hide, as Greg, as, as you you have shared time and time again. Well, yeah. get this, though, Greg. We've got maybe one or, or maybe two editions of With That set out just in the last uh, week and some change. And we are approaching 9,000 subscribers wow. as of this morning, at least. So, folks, check it out. Subscribe so you don't miss it. We really want it to be a complimentary piece. Yeah, you know, really focusing on some perspectives you may have missed from our hosts and some of the programming, uh, some resor- some resources and other opportunities to learn. Uh, going back to what John was saying earlier, to network, uh, to do good. Uh, so y'all check it out. You, if you go to the Supply Chain Now company yeah. page on LinkedIn, over to the right, you, sh- you sh- should see a section uh, under our events that says newsletters. Click there, you'll be able to subscribe and read the past edition. And uh, we'd welcome your feedback. Now, one last thing, Greg. Yes, And God. then I'm going to get your take. For the subscribers, the new subscribers for this this week, right? Folks that subscribe in the next uh, couple of days, we're offering. It's going to be a drawing. Everyone's not getting this. Just, our attorneys, you know, let's keep, let's keep the communication <laughs> accurate. Right. This is a drawing. But uh, Billy Ray Taylor, one of our hosts here, has published a book called The Winning Link. And we got our several of our first copies uh, we'll see about getting autographed, but we're going to give a few of those out to some of our early subscribers to with that said, our LinkedIn newsletter and Greg, maybe it may be as impactful as one of my favorite books. Oh, Ray Tia yeah. may be listening here today. The fearless frontline run, improve, grow. Y'all Google that and Google the fearless frontline and Ray Tia, but winning link by all accounts early in the, its release is turning some heads. Greg, with that said, mm. your thoughts?
0: I think it's a great place to uh, accumulate kind of what has gone on in the week um, for supply chain now and what that has led us to think or talk about or share or discover. Um, and I, I just think that this, it's amazing. First of all, 9,000 people in two weeks. That's really pretty impressive. So, And it's a cool accumulation of articles and episodes and just, Kind of general discussion. So, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, by the way, and we'll tune it to That's whatever right. you'd like to see. It's not as cool as seeing us in person. Do you think, Scott? <laughs> it can't possibly be. But, but if you can't see us in person, or if you yeah. want a easy link to what we've talked about in
1: person, with that said, check it out. I'll leave it to you. <laughs> with that said, and uh, Shashi. Uh, If you go to uh, Supply Chain Now, the company page, in fact, um, uh, Amanda or Clay, if we can drop the link in here. And by the way, big thanks to the production team, our team here to help make uh, these shows happen. Thank you, Clay, Amanda, Chantel, Catherine. Uh, But Shashi, if you go to Supply Chain Now on LinkedIn, the company page over to the right-hand side, you will see a newsletter category. Click on that and you'll be able to follow or subscribe to the newsletter. So Shashi, thanks for that question. And Yasser. Hey, you joined in here at the tail end of the party, uh, but welcome and hello to you from Houston, Texas, a really cool city. We were talking Uh, about
0: hot and humid today, earlier
1: today, Yasser, so welcome. Man, I bet it's 114 degrees in Houston. Yes, (laughs) But Yasser, we go live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time for the supply chain buzz, 12 noon Eastern time. So join us. And we look forward to your perspective
0: or subscribe to our newsletter with that or said, subscribe and
1: you'll get a link. It's just that easy. And Greg, I want to pick back up as we, as we start to wrap yep. up here that will evolve uh, like everything else. We, we launched it. We're testing some things out. We're tweaking things. Uh, we're going to refine it. We want to make it as valuable. You know, there's, there's so many newsletters LinkedIn and otherwise out there. We want this to stand alone and be, um, a really helpful and practical resource. So your feedback, we welcome it, but uh, watch it as it evolves over the uh, the coming weeks. But right now it's weekly, uh, Saturday mornings, and uh, check it out at the Supply Chain, our company page on LinkedIn. Okay, Greg, I am surprised it's one o'clock and we have knocked how out our whole... It? I don't know how we did it. I yeah. thought we'd be 115 because we jammed a lot into this episode but uh, had a heck of a time. All the great comments. No, we couldn't get to all of them, but uh, it, we had a room full here today. Um, Greg, your final, 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 Golly. final, 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 uh, final, sure. key takeaway. <laughs> key. What's your final thought you want to leave with folks?
0: Yeah, I think the thing that we need to identify as, and you mentioned it, Scott, as supply chain professionals, is the world is not more complex than it was before supply chain was discovered by the world. It is just discovered by the world. And I think it's important for us as practitioners to distinguish between those things that are uh, either temporary or permanent, but new disruptions and the old disruptions that are simply more exposed and more aware to the common uh, observer than they were before. And it's important also for us to not prioritize those necessarily by that, But also to recognize that because there are some things that companies have been really, really effective managing some companies more effective than others. And they shouldn't change just because they perceive that the world has changed when really only the world's awareness and perception has changed Mm. there. There are at least two columns, right? That which has really changed and changed permanently or um, or temporarily and that which the world has simply become aware of. A thing that has changed, for instance, whether we want to confess it or not, forever is the driver shortage in terms of transportation. Just my opinion. Remember, not an economist, but accurate, as accurate as one. So l- let's say that is something permanent. We need to take a different tack to that than ever given getting jammed in the in the Suez Canal, which, by the way, has happened. Right. Or so... Um, or this new, uh, and this is, was fascinating on with that said ever a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think they ought to name one ship ever aground because they (laughs) seem to always be, but ever a lot, a a ship that can contain, that can carry 24,000 TEUs. Yes. Um, the biggest container ship in the world ever a lot, not the most creative name, but I guess appropriate. <laughs> right. Uh,
1: ever, uh, what, uh, Bobby, what should we call this thing? <laughs> ever, uh, ever <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. I <like> it <laughs> <laughs> has got a ring to it. Yeah. Uh, all right. But, we but did I that think just, that,
0: that's important for people yes. to recognize is these things that the world thinks are constant and new disruptions when, we know better for instance yep. weather the to, you know to address texas since we have some listeners here from texas the weather has been bad in texas in the winter time before and we survived it and we survived it again in fact people don't even refer back to it now that they can get paint and various and sundry other things um so again i think we just have to be uh more thoughtful uh and and the cooler heads in this not be driven like politicians are by the right. women fancy of the of the greater
1: uh, public. Well said there, Greg. And I like what Josh says here: keep your eyes open, your spirits up, and your feet ready to pivot. <laughs> there you go. That's not accurate, I uh, like Josh. That. You and Shelly and and all the other folks, Greg, Shashi, Mark, Marie. I really appreciate all of y'all's contributions here today. Um, all right, as we wrap. Uh, check out Google the Winning Link by Billy Ray Taylor. I promise you, he's, he's one of the greatest storytellers. You'll he rub is elbows really with really and truly in person or on paper. By the way, that is right. Um, big shout out to my buddy Ray Rayatia, who made a big impact on my journey. Uh, I think these books are, you know, I, I think this uh, you can't find too many copies out there. Uh, so who knows? I might sell this one for five thousand dollars, Greg. I only depends on the uh, depends on the market. But uh, Ray, if you're listening. Hope you and your family are doing well. Look forward to catching up soon. But folks, I would just challenge you. You know, think about as consumers, you know, we were talking earlier a couple of stories back. We're identifying some companies that really were doing the right thing, right? And that is so important. You know, voting with our wallets that will, if we do that, if we do it more and more, we're going to drive more behavior, right? Because all these companies, you know, a lot of them are driven, of course, by sales and revenue. If it's important to the consumers, it will be important to them. So vote with your wallet. Power. Yeah, That's right. point. Um, all right, folks. Uh, but whatever you do, I hope to see you a- every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. We go live here at Supply Chain Buzz. Me and Greg are joined by movers and shakers across the, uh, across the globe oftentimes. Most importantly, our Supply Chain Now family that show up in the cheap seats to comments. And we love all of that perspective. Uh, on behalf of our entire team, Uh, Scott Luton and Greg White signing off for today, but challenging you, as always, hey, do good, get forward, and be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen
0: to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram.